This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast. We don't say that, but now we said it. With Dylan Hafer. Who we'll gonna check me, boo? Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and today I am so excited to be joined by somebody I love to hear talk about Bravo. He is a senior TV reporter at Page Six. Please welcome Evan Real. Hi. Oh my God. Hi, Dylan. This is like such an honor to be on this podcast. I am such a fan of you and, and everything that you do with Bravo by Betches. It's just incredible. I honestly, I was fangirling when you tagged me in your story, the Candy <laughs> Burris story about how her spinoff has gay men and Vanderpump Rules doesn't. And I was like, yeah. someone's listening, someone's paying attention. I like, I kind of pushed hard for that headline and they uh, accepted it and then I don't know. I, I felt like a, a, a small but mighty portion of the Bravo fandom appreciated it. I wish that it had caught on a bit more, though. Well, I feel like, I mean, criticizing Vanderpump Rules at this point is not difficult, but that's a specific thing where it's like, as much as as much as Lisa Vanderpump is like the gay the gay icon of Bravo. It's like where where are the where's the receipts? <laughs> like, I know, I know that it's so crazy that like. Sir is like situated in like the heart of like gay Los Angeles and there's not one out gay person on the show. It's just, it's so wild. Wait, I was, by the way, speaking of Sir and Pump and all that, I was living for your very honest reviews yeah, of the cuisine Ugh. at Pump and Sir. Wait, so you didn't <laughs> like the goat cheese balls? I had the goat cheese balls at Tom Tom, not at Sir, okay. but the ones at Tom Tom were not... Um, they weren't, I wasn't living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just oh my, that's so funny. Well, because when you were there that weekend, I went to, I went to Sarah that weekend with some people too. And we got the goat cheese balls and I've, I've had the goat cheese balls before at Vanderpump's establishments. And like, I'm a fan. And then when I saw you dragging them, I was like, wait, like, okay. is my palate not no. refined? N- okay. So that's next time I'm in LA. Though. Next time I'm in a, I'm in LA, I got to go with you because you have like the the good luck. And I, I guess so. I was very <laughs> honest, but I will say like I know people who love eating at Sir or whatever. Like I'm not, you know, my experience is one moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, I'm so excited to have you here today. I we have a lot to talk about. Atlanta is back with a bang these last couple weeks. I've been loving the season. I want to hear about how you have enjoyed or not enjoyed these first couple episodes of the season. Well, I, I have heavily enjoyed these first couple episodes of the season. I think, I don't know. It's a really cool dynamic with Marlo as a full, uh, full-time housewife for the first time. I like the new girl, Sonia. She's cool. And I think Drew is really bringing it uh ralph is also really bringing it in his own special way and i find (laughs) their uh story to be super uh 
super fascinating. I, I, it, it makes me sad for Drew. That dinner from from Sunday night's episode was just really tough to watch. But I will say the Bravo editors, like they just they deserve all the Emmys, the the gaslighting Ralph bit, yeah. and then also the producer who asked Drew to read the definition of what it means to gaslight someone in her confessional. And then Drew having this like light bulb moment. That was just, that was great. I mean, it made me sad for Drew, but like, I'm glad that she learned a new word. (laughs) One that affects her. Yeah. I drew is one of those people where I don't know if I love her, but I really am fascinated by what is happening in her life right now and I appreciate that I feel like she is really bringing it to the show and to us kind of warts and all and I think last season people were critical of her maybe she didn't click with the group super well but I really do feel like her dynamic with Ralph is so interesting and I I just like need to know what's going to happen. And I wish I could fast forward in time a year or two and know like what the conclusion of this story is. But it's like, it's, it feels so raw and real. And like, you're watching in real time as Ralph just like lets her down time and time again. And it's like, damn, like I just want, I want them to be better, but I just don't know if that's like actually in the cards for them. Yeah. Well, I just interviewed Drew and I was asking her where she and Ralph stand today after all the assistant drama. And this was before I knew anything about that, like, dinner uh-huh. from hell. But she said they are, like, committed to marriage counseling. She wants to make this work. Her parents were together for 56 years. So she knows what it's like to fight and to make up and to just really push through to keep the family together. So she, you know, when talking to me, she seemed, like, very committed to staying with Ralph. But like you said, I wish we could fast forward two years because I feel like, and I love my girl Drew, like we're, we we got a little relationship going on, but you know, I'm loyal to Drew. I want the best for Drew. And if this marriage with Ralph isn't that, then I hope she finds a way to make her life easier. And I, I wonder what that looks like in two years, like you said, whether it's without Ralph or whether they make some sort of magical breakthrough in marriage counseling. I'm sure we'll see it all unfold on Atlanta. Yeah. This week's episode, it was tough to watch as she's getting ready for this surprise evening. He's flying in glam. He's dressing her up like she's a pop star. You know, the, that outfit, that was an outfit and she's being whisked away to some place. And then it's like this beautiful castle roof looking thing that I guess is like Taylor's workshop. That was strange. But then it's like the second they actually have to sit down and talk to each other. It's like, Oh, we're, we're not actually making any progress here. I know. Yeah. It was really rough. I loved when she walked into the the I guess his tailor's tailoring shop, whatever it was. And she was like, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. I guess when she got to the roof, I mean it like it was nice. It, it was nice. All the, the roof and the roses and the the Beyonce dress and, and everything. But it's so funny how Ralph seems to be like embodying these sort of buzz terms like uh gaslighting and love bombing and, and all the things that boyfriends and husbands are not supposed to do. He's like here I am doing it all. Right. And and his idea is clearly like, okay, I've done something nice for you. So now whatever we were arguing about is erased and we're going to be good moving forward. Whereas for Drew, I think she has 
what seems like a much more realistic perspective on it where it's like, yeah, a nice surprise dinner is nice and I appreciate that and I like that gesture, but like we still have to talk about the fact that you're gaslighting me <laughs> about this thing with your assistant. Like with, I think we see the men on these shows a lot of the time be like, why are you still bringing this up? And it's like, because you didn't actually address it in any meaningful way. Like Jen seeing kind of like Jennifer and Bill going through that a little bit this season on New Jersey, where she's like, yeah, I'm actually not over this because we never really worked through it. We just kind of like stopped talking about it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's such a good point. I, yeah, I feel like Drew really wants to to work through it. And Ralph is like, just trying to put a bandaid over it, which doesn't work because the bandaid always comes off at some point. What did you think about Candy and Todd's little argument this episode about the New Jersey crib and whether he's, you know, more dedicated to that than renovating their weird indoor pool that I didn't know they had? <laughs> I didn't either. I had no idea they had this indoor pool. Um, but I also thought it looked cute before. I was like into the tan tile. Like, let, like why do I feel like... <laughs> You know, like, why do they have to do all this? Anyways, that's beside the point. But I thought that was a really interesting scene because I feel like Todd and I, I interviewed Candy a little while ago and she, she teased some of this in my interview with her. She says that Todd kind of feels like second to Candy in a lot of ways because she always has like so much going on. It's like the spotlight's always on her. It's like, it's her business. And he's just kind of like playing a supporting character in like the Candy Burris empire story. So I feel like Todd probably, I don't know, like that's his New Jersey condo and that's his thing and he's proud of it. And so he's going to prioritize that and not the weird underground pool that Candy built 20 years before she even met him. So, yeah, I thought it was like interesting. And now I like want to see the New Jersey condo. I know I want I want them to come to New York. I think they do. I think they come maybe for the opening of her play. I know they were like here, but I don't know if they filmed that. It is kind of interesting because when we first, when Todd first came on the scene, there was like all of this kind of mysteriousness kind of fueled by Mama Joyce of like, oh, he's in in it for the money or he's here for the wrong reasons. And I feel like we've like moved past that, but it seems more realistic to me that he would kind of feel a little bit like, he is sort of a background character in all of this stuff that Candy has going on. And I think Candy is the kind of person where it's like, she always, she always says she never misses a bag and it's like, yeah, she's got all of this stuff going on. And I, I can imagine that for someone in Todd's position, you would kind of feel like, okay, like I, I want you to succeed, but like, I'm kind of like over here, you know, being forgotten about. Right. And it kind of feels like they used to do more team projects together back mm. in the day and they've kind of like split up a little bit although i do think they are producing a second broadway show together so they maybe are, yeah. that is gonna help them i hope so i really i think they're really cute together i went to their wedding you went to their wedding yeah i went to their wedding because at the time i was working at in touch weekly and i was like a little baby reporter then but i was like i was on the print side and i reached out to Candy's publicist and I was like, I want the wedding exclusive so bad. Like, please let's do it. And I worked it out and I got it. Like 23 year old Evan was living his best damn life at the wedding. Like ever since going to that wedding, no other wedding, like every other wedding just seems like fucking lame because that wedding had like 
lions and tigers and a performance by Belle Biv DeVoe. And I was at the same table as Monica. Like I was literally like angel of mine was playing and I was like sitting next to Monica. It was the best night of my life. It was so much fun. I did the wobble with mama Joyce. The food was bomb. It was, it was incredible. I can't remember like in when in time this was, were there other women from the show at the wedding? Yeah. This was back when Candy and Phaedra were still friends. So Phaedra was there. Portia was there. Nini was not there. Cynthia, Cynthia was there. I can't remember if Cynthia was there or not. I think she was. I, I think she was. But it, yeah, it was a good time. It was it was April 4th, 2014. Because like, I'll always remember that because wow. Candy was like telling me how like she loves the number four. Kind of like Beyonce. And um, Wow, they've been yeah. married for eight years. Isn't that, that crazy? crazy? It is wild sometimes. Like, obviously... I know in my mind that this show has been on for like 14 years now, but still I'm like, no, no, no. If they met on the show, that means they must have only been married for like four years. <laughs> right. I know. Eight years really goes by fast. And it's also, I always find the genesis of their relationship so interesting because he was like a producer on the show and then like they fell in love. And I, I always thought like the show did a really interesting job of like acknowledging it, but not so much that you actually remember it. Like, it's just like, there's like before Todd and after Todd. And that was definitely back in an era when like the fourth wall wasn't really broken. Like, Like I feel like now, now they might kind of like go about that in a little Mm -hmm. different way because things seem to be a little bit more fluid. Like the producer telling Drew to Google gaslighting on her phone, like stuff, moments like that, that I think can be really interesting. Like, I feel like 10 years ago, they just wouldn't have gone there. Totally. Yeah. I love it when they break the fourth wall on any reality yeah. show. It just make it feel, it always feels so like spicy and like mm. raw, like the going back to like the Salt Lake city trip to Zion when Lisa is like taking off her mic pack. Like you just can't like, it's just a moment that it's like, I can't get over it. Like uh, my blood pressure is racing and I'm like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I don't know. I just can't. It's, it is like, those moments when they happen and they're unexpected like that, like there's just nothing quite like it. Yeah. It it feels like I shouldn't be watching it or like knowing this information. And I feel like so lucky to be in on it. I don't know. I know. Totally. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. 
please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with honey love. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around, the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe, and you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. I'm curious what you are feeling about Sheree's return to the show and her kind of friendship with Kenya so far this season, which, you know, five years ago, who would have thought? Well, I love Sheree and I love Kenya so much. I always say that Kenya is probably my favorite housewife of all time. And I love Sheree. Not as much, but I do. I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. And so to see them link up and to finally have moved past the more manor Chateau Sheree drama. I love it. I'm I'm so all about that. And it's yeah. incredible to see Chateau Sheree all like, like it is a hotel. Like it the is basement really, is the basement the, as, the lounge <laughs> with like the it, you could literally seat fifty people. As Gina would say, this house is legit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but really though, I would. Oh my god, I would love for Sheree to give Gina a tour of Chateau Sheree. That needs to be like a Bravo TV, Bravo Insider little video. I mean, that, yeah, free idea right here. Just fly Gina around the country to different <laughs> housewives' homes and just give her a tour and film her reactions because, <laughs> yes. like, she's like, the towel bar is heated. What? <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be brilliant. The, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's what we need. Um, but yeah, I'm I love seeing them together, and it's the kind of thing where like I'm just happy they're both here. And I don't care if they stay friends, but I'm having fun watching them have these little moments together. And same with Marlo. Like, I feel like Marlo has always been in the mix, obviously, but having her really get that, like, screen time and that attention that I feel like she's deserved for a long time, it's just so satisfying after seeing her on the show for so many years. I know, I know. I've loved Marlo for so long, despite the F slur of it all. I, I yeah. like... I expressed my love for Marlo the other day on the internet and like I got I got some of that which like I'll acknowledge it she did say the F slur on the show and that was not cool but I think we're all capable of growth and I'd like to think that Marlo would not say that today anyway that is all to say I am forgiving Marlo and I'm happy Mm -hmm. to see her on the show I love that she has a peach just she's put in so much work like and she's been so consistent and persistent and she's never really 
given up the dream and it finally came. I mean, this is like the, the best example of like what happens when you put in the work, like just, you know, work hard and good things will come even if it's like 10 years later. I know. I, it was one of those things where I feel like a couple years ago it would be like, Oh, well like Marlo said she doesn't want a peach or like, this is the reason why she's not a housewife. Like she doesn't want to show off X, Y, Z. And now that it's finally happened, it's like, I know this feels, this feels right. I feel like we, this was a long time coming. And even if she doesn't, I mean, who knows how long she'll stay on the show or whatever, but like, it, like in housewives history, like she deserves to be like a housewife. Totally, totally. It almost feels, it feels right, but it almost feels a little unreal too. Like every time her like little lower third pops up, I'm like, is this actually happening? Am I seeing Marlo as a full-time housewife? I love it. Yeah. And you can tell like, these women are all just such professionals. And the scene when Kenya and Sheree are at, in the basement at Chateau Sheree and Kenya bringing up this assistant story that we've heard from Candy and through Drew that apparently Drew's assistant used to work for Sheree and maybe Sheree didn't pay him. Like this is like the reality TV game of telephone that I feel like we, we need. And I just love like, just they're doing their jobs so beautifully and I don't even really care about this storyline but I just love that they have something to be messy about totally and I also love the assistant he is such a personality and was like (laughs) made for this like he's not boring either like I could just watch him candy miss legendary Burris (laughs) okay so when you talked to Drew did you get into this storyline at all we didn't get into the assistant too much no we did not, but okay. she's has told me great things about him before. So <laughs> I know she loves this guy. Yeah, it's, it is, it feels very messy. And it's the kind of thing that like, on the one hand, I would totally believe that Sheree might be a little bit late in paying somebody that was working with her. But on the other hand, I could also see this being sort of a, a storyline used to cause some drama. And I'm like, I don't even care. I just like Kenya having like some little kernel of knowledge. And like when, um, with Ralph's assistant too, like at the premiere at Marla's event, when Candy was looking her up on Instagram, I'm like, this is the messiness that I need all of you to be operating on. Like all of this assistant drama, I feel like it's just like setting us up for success. Oh my God. Absolutely. What I need to know now though. Okay. So Candy was like looking her up on Instagram And apparently there's this like Instagram post that they're all trying to decipher what it meant. Okay. We found her on Instagram, Mm -hmm. but then Ralph's over here talking about how she's 50 years old. I think kind of as a way to be like, don't worry about it. She's just 50. And like 50 year olds can have it going on. 50 year olds can be high. I mean, look at Jennifer Lopez, like 50 year old. I I feel like he was like trying to like, you know, calm Drew's concerns by saying that. Anyways, I need to know if she's actually 50 or not. And what this woman is serving on IG. Right. The 50 year old thing. And then when he follows that up, he's like, that me Drew's like, what does that mean? And he's like, it means she was 12 when I was born. I'm like, this feels like a big old way of like, not actually addressing the question, which is like, a, is this assistant hot? And B, mm-hmm. like, what if anything happened with her after she offered you a massage? And it's like, Ralph is one of those people where truly 
half of the stuff that he does, I'm like, you know, you're on camera and all of us are going to see this and have a lot of thoughts. And it's just going to make things like harder for Drew because now after these first couple episodes, the biggest talking point and like takeaway from the episodes is Drew and Ralph and like the way that he seems to be really just kind of like dragging her along. And I just, it's why, like, I feel like as a husband, you would recognize that it's like, oh yeah, even if we're our, we have our issues, like this really doesn't look good when I say this to you on camera. Right. It's, but it's almost kind of a blessing that he isn't self-aware because <laughs> a, it makes for great TV and it's like wonderful drama for us to take in as viewers. But because he is seemingly not self-aware, I feel like this is a helpful tool for Drew. Like she can watch this back and be like, yo, this is what Ralph is doing. This is how he treats me. This is the true authentic Ralph. And now that I've seen it, that can inform me how to act, whether that is booking yet another marriage counseling appointment or possibly running away from Ralph. I don't know. I I do think, though, that without The Real Housewives of Atlanta, she wouldn't have this, like, mirror to look at her relationship. Like, I think this is going to be helpful for Drew. I don't know about for them, but I think for Drew, right. having the show and being able to to view their relationship like kind of from like an outside perspective, I think that can only help her. Totally. And I think we've seen that. I mean, over the last decade plus on real housewives with so many couples, whether they end up together or apart that it's like some of these people kind of live in their own bubble and then being able to see, not see the footage back and also see the way that people are responding. Like all of these people, like, us and everyone else watching that are like, no, we want the best for Drew. And like right now it doesn't seem like Ralph is giving her that or anywhere close to it. So like it really does feel like you can kind of have a little bit of an introspective moment and be like, damn, if, if a million people are watching this show and being like, girl, you deserve better. Hmm. Maybe well, I deserve better. I feel like everyone who is voicing their opinion, it's like supportive of Drew. Like, girl, we just want the best for you. And this doesn't seem to be the best for you. So hopefully, hopefully all the, cause there's going to be a lot of noise right now around her relationship. Right. And I feel like it's going to follow her throughout the rest of the season, because she told me that the, the mystery of his communication with this like massage therapist slash assistant 50 year old woman is like, it lingers throughout the entire season. So she, they're going to be getting hit every single Sunday. So I hope that she like feels the love and support that is laced throughout the criticism totally yeah like it it doesn't come from a place of like lol look at these clowns it's like please please figure this out for yeah for your own good splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage i'm reaching for again and again when i'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful i believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. 
Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day, and it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin-D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I'm curious what your thoughts are watching this season of New Jersey on Teresa and Louie and kind of how Teresa has, Teresa's like interactions with the group have changed as a result of being in this love bubble. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Like the thing with Teresa is, you know, she's, She's Teresa. Like, like it's, it's like she is fundamentally who she is. Like no matter what situation she's in, whether she's like about to go to jail, whether she's like in her relationship with Juicy Joe, whether she's in this new relationship Mm -hmm. with, with Louie, like it's like, she's the same person, but just like doing different things to like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, She's always frustrating me is what I'm trying to say. Like, no matter what, she makes frustrating decisions. And I don't think that her relationship with Louie brings out the best in her. When actually, when I like think about it, I'm like, what did bring out the best in her? Like, I I love the whole namaste era. But with Louie, she is certainly she has. I don't even know if she has done a downward dog in how long. Like, she is not in her namaste era with him. Like, is she so combative? And it's because I mean, it's because she is. I always call her Taurus Teresa. She is like grounded. She is stuck in her. I don't know if you're a Taurus. So I don't mean to offend you. I'm not a she, Taurus. What are you? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a Gemini. Oh, perfect. I love Geminis. My boyfriend's a Gemini. <laughs> I'm an Aquarius. We got that air sign thing. We're not grounded. <laughs> Teresa, she is so freaking grounded and she doesn't want to hear it. She doesn't like the criticism. So it's just like frustrating when like, it's not like these people are complaining about trivial things. 
Like these are like serious allegations out there around Louie. And so because she is like ride or die for Louie, all of her relationships, like with the entire cast, say for Jennifer Aiden, like the two of them are on their own little island. Like no one actually likes them. So then like what happens? You know, like I hate it when housewives like island themselves because then it's like no one wants to film with you or be friends with you. Then it becomes like the Jennifer and Teresa show. I don't know. It's just, uh, and I feel like kind of like part of the fandom is over her. Like, have you been kind of seeing that too? Yeah. And I think this season more than ever, I was just talking to um, Samantha Bush, Bravo historian about this, that it's like people, I think obviously Teresa has always been kind of a polarizing figure, but this season more than ever, it feels like she's kind of, almost like she's like doing too much in a way that is causing a lot of people to kind of like check out from the, from the Teresa, like halo, I guess. And I think it's hard. Cause when she's like retreating into this love bubble so hard, it's making her care less than she has in the past about kind of maintaining relationships with people in the cast. And aside from like, even with Dolores, who she has this like, 20 year however long bond with it feels like she's kind of not prioritizing that in any kind of like real way outside of the show and it it just makes me nervous for the future on the show that it's like if you don't really want to be there and you're not really participating in keeping up even just superficial tv relationships with anyone in the cast at a certain point it's like what is your place on the show? And I'm not, I'm, I definitely am not like fire Teresa now, like get her off the screen, but just like looking in a more like long-term direction, that's not how to maintain your like position on the show. And like at the reunion this season, it really feels like, you know, Margaret and Jackie and even Melissa have like spent so long kind of trying at least a little bit like on and off to sort of figure things out, maybe come to a place of understanding. And it feels like all three of them have kind of just like checked out of pretending to care about whether they're friends with Teresa now. No, totally. And like, I feel like the same even goes for Dolores. Like this is just like my observation, but I was talking to Dolores earlier today and I was asking her about the whole engagement party situation. Like, Teresa said it was because she wasn't part of a couple. She didn't go on any double dates with her, which we kind of found out was just an excuse because Teresa was on the Slut Pig podcast this weekend saying that the reason that Dolores wasn't there is because Dina Manzo was there and Dina and Dolores Mm -hmm. don't get along. So I was asking Dolores like what her thoughts were about that situation. And she was like, look, like I could have been cordial with Dina. Like, yeah, we don't get along. We haven't talked for years, but like I could have made it work. But in her voice, and this is just my observation. She didn't say this, but it she it felt like she was just sort of like apathetic towards the whole situation because I even brought up, I was like, look, Dolores, like you've been a, a friend of Teresa's for a really long time. Dean is even in the wedding. You know, you, Melissa, are not like, what, what are your thoughts about that? And she's like, literally did not seem to give an F. Like she really didn't. Yeah. Care. I mean, I think it's hard because... They, I feel like they'll always have this, whatever, they've been friends for however long, they'll always have that connection and that some deeper bond. But in a more real-time sense, it's like, I don't really, it doesn't really feel like they have been like 
actual friends lately. Like they're allies on the cast maybe, but like I think Teresa is maybe not the best at like tending those friendships. And I mean, clearly she and Dina have remained close all this time, but yeah, I mean like for the double date thing to be the first excuse and then for her to say she couldn't invite her because of Dina, it's like, I mean, I guess those are like theoretical reasons why you might not invite somebody. But in this actual case, it's like the fact that Dolores said she didn't even know the party was happening until after the fact, it's like, okay, then it wasn't like a conversation like, oh, well, Dina's coming. So you probably don't want to be there. It's like, no, she just wasn't invited. And I think that's the kind of thing where like whether or not Dolores, it's probably in Dolores's best interest to not, really give a fuck because it's like if it seems like Teresa's gonna let you down then it's probably best to just like check out of the dynamic versus like being heartbroken that you weren't invited to the party totally I feel like Dolores is very aware and accepting of the limitations in her friendship with Teresa like I, I think that Dolores knows she can only expect so much what are your thoughts on the rumors that Jackie is potentially being demoted to a friend next season. That makes me really sad because I feel like Jackie made herself so vulnerable this season and she definitely showed a level of authenticity that we haven't seen on Housewives in a really long time, like letting the cameras in on her eating disorder struggles and her her therapy and recovery and all that. Like I, as a viewer, like I really enjoyed seeing something real like that on the show. And so if she is being demoted... I hate that she's not being rewarded for being so open with the audience about a topic that is, you know, it's really hard to, to share that. So that makes me sad. I really do enjoy Jackie and I like anyone who is not afraid to stand up to like the queen of the franchise. Like the fact that she will stand up to Teresa and speak her mind and stand her ground. I really appreciate that. So I hope she's not demoted. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's just a rumor. But if she is going to be a friend of, like if she accepts the demotion, I'm happy she's still in the mix because it's nice that Melissa has such a strong ally mm. in Jackie. I yeah. I To me, like I'm, I'm definitely in favor of bringing some new people onto the show. I think it's been long enough that like we can definitely you know, freshen up the dynamic a little bit, but I don't necessarily feel like anybody in the cast currently has like not earned their place. Like there's nobody that I'm like, Oh, well, you know, she's been around long enough, like get her out or like, you know, it just kind of feels like you can add things and switch it up without necessarily taking anyone away. Totally. Yes. And like we can, (laughs) the one girl we can like let go is Tracy and make room for like (laughs) another friend of or another cast member like if jackie is going to be the friend of on next season like let's please get a new girl in there because that's a great point like it's been the same cast for years and years and years and it's worked for so long and that's wonderful but i feel like we do need some fresh blood in the mix for sure i basically have already forgotten that tracy was on the show and like i wouldn't even I was like looking through, I like was looking at the reunion looks and I'm like, oh yeah, like they, they, Tracy's there, I guess. Well, I wonder, like she was there and she was, (laughs) she was in the, wait, who was in the chair before her? Who was in that? Was Danielle in that chair? That like little fold up chair? Like she was like literally in a fold up (laughs) chair, which just feels so on brand for Tracy. But I wonder if she's going to be edited out completely because I don't think I've seen her in any 
teasers or anything? I don't know. I mean, I'm always a fan of like inviting everyone to the reunion, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if we don't need to see it, then we don't need to see it. Like I would never want like a Danielle Staub friend of moment not to happen at the reunion. Like, I don't know. I remember like season four of Dallas. I think it was when they made Carrie Duber a friend and then she just kind of like went away. I was like, that's sad. Yeah, that was sad. I also, I mean, Dallas was its whole other thing, but I didn't really get when they (laughs) made her a friend. I, I liked Carrie's energy. I know. She seemed, I feel like she was the most normal, maybe. Yeah, like she's maybe. the one you would like want to like hang out with for the day. A little bit of like a voice of reason. Yeah, you could like go get lunch, go get some Botox. It'd be <laughs> Boob, fine. Boobs by dubs. Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> boobs by dubs. Do you ever, do you ever miss Dallas? Sometimes I do in like, I don't know, I just... I liked I they had some good some good times. Yeah, no, totally. I I do miss Dallas sometimes. Like I love Deandra Simmons so much. Like I think she mm-hmm. is just wonderful. I love Mama D. I thought Tiffany Moon was really cool. I'm sad that she only had one season and that we didn't get to know her more. Yeah, I thought even though Tiffany Moon was season four and I really liked her, I thought like seasons like two and three of Dallas, like right in the middle, were just really good. Yeah. I, I was really into it. I'm Oh, Stephanie Hallman. I love Stephanie Hallman. And Travis, once yeah. he threw out the, the list of chores, I was I also ended up becoming <laughs> a fan of his too. Who knows? Maybe a reboot someday. Um, speaking of some old housewives, I'm curious, Ultimate Girls Trip, X Wives Club coming up next month. Who are you most excited to have back on our screens? I am excited for the return of Taylor Armstrong because I feel like she's been so absent over the years. Like I actually think like someone like hacked her Instagram for a while. And so like, that's the reason why she, and she just like (laughs) never got it figured out until recently. And so, yeah, we haven't seen much of Taylor over the years. And so I'm really excited to see her because I loved her so much on the early seasons of Beverly Hills. I loved her memoir. I just am such a big Taylor Stan. So I'm really thrilled to see her, although she wasn't very present in the trailer. So I don't know if she served a lot of drama, which is fine. Maybe she doesn't need all that drama in her life, but I'm excited to just like see her. Like, like she could literally do anything. She could like sit and stare and I would be happy to watch it. So I'm excited for her and I'm excited for Brandy. I think it'll be fun to see the Brandy be messy again. I kind of feel like, like I'm glad Tamara and Vicky are there. But I could have used a bit more time, like a bit more of a break from them. Yeah. It's interesting. I just realized, so I feel like the two people who are sort of in the trailer the least are Taylor and Jill. And I was listening. I was so sad. So Dorinda recently went on Brandy Glanville's podcast, but it was before the trailer had come out. And they were talking about, you know, the experience of doing the show together. And they said that out of everyone in the house, Taylor and Jill were the ones who were kind of trying to, like, produce stuff the most. Like, kind of coming up with stuff to do. And then the producers, like, weren't really feeling that. That everybody else was kind of being more authentic authentic or, like, off the cuff. And so I almost wonder if that kind of backfired on them. I mean, obviously, we'll see what happens on the show. But, like... 
if you come in and you have all these ideas of like stunts you can pull, maybe the producers or the editors are kind of like, yeah, we don't actually want the show to be that. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I saw this stuff about uh, Jill. I didn't see this stuff. I didn't realize that Taylor was also grouped into that. So that's really interesting. I wonder what like Taylor was trying to orchestrate. But that did when I, I read know, it. I know, it's like. Yeah, like, because I I think the thing about Jill was like, she was like, let me bake banana bread. Like, (laughs) she's been out of the game for a really long time. And like, you can tell if she's like trying to like, make banana bread a scene that did make me a little disappointed (laughs) because uh, Jill was another one that I was really excited about. Like, she was so iconic on the early seasons of New York City. And so I was really excited for her return. But then when I see that she's trying to self produce and is getting banana bread involved, it's like, ma'am. Like, that was so two years ago. That was so March 2020, banana bread. Like, no one wants to watch that. We we all have, like, PTSD from banana bread. So, like... <laughs> yeah. And I think, especially with Jill and Dorinda, knowing that this Roni legacy show is on the horizon, it seems like they would have a very real chance of being cast on that. Whereas, like, I don't really think Brandy and Taylor are being, like thought about for a Beverly Hills comeback. So it's right. like with Jill and Dorinda, it's almost like the stakes feel a little higher because there's like an actual show happening that they could be on. Totally. It, I, speaking of that, Jill was out here saying that she hasn't gotten a call for the show yet, but then I guess no other housewife has either. So it seems like that legacy show is like really on the back burner for Bravo. And they're definitely more focused on like the young reboot of, yeah. of the New York city show, which I kind of don't understand because I I feel like the Roni legacy show would be so easy to cast and so easy to film and produce and like just like pump out really quickly. Right. Like I feel like the expectations for that show are almost like lower because it's like even if the drama is not crazy or if it's not really like the most entertaining thing I've ever seen, I kind of just want to like have these women back on my Uh screen. Whereas like with with the full Roni reboot, it feels like the stakes are very high because they're like, we have to find this dynamic new friend group and they must be diverse and exciting and then have all these different backgrounds. And like, whereas legacy, it's like you could, you could cast it tomorrow and then just like film for a month and whatever you get, we'll watch. What you get. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like I will watch anything. I just want to see like Kelly and Jill in the same room again. Exactly. I'm like very much on the Kelly Ben Simone train now for legacy. I got to say, oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to see girls trip and Roni legacy and everything that's going to be happening. And Evan, I'm so glad you were able to join me today. Uh, Tell everyone where they can find you and watch you and read your stuff and all that. Yeah. So page six.com is a great place to see what I'm doing. Um, And then I post a lot of my stuff on Instagram. So you can follow me at Evan real on Twitter. I'm, Evan underscore real, but I'm really boring on Twitter. So don't actually don't worry about that. And I just want to let it be known that my last name really is real. Some people think that my handle is like a sort of like Evan official kind of thing, but (laughs) that would be embarrassing. And that's not the case. So my last name actually is real. Um, So yeah, at Evan real is where you can find my stuff. Amazing. I'm so glad we could chat today. You'll have to come back. Yes. And in the meantime, thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. 
Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a Wildberry Splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.